Here we go. Good morning and welcome to your daily game face. I'm Dr. Kim Landon. I'm here with <clears throat> Lou Blasi, who's looking sharp and dapper this morning. <laughs> I won't say anything. Again, else. it's been a couple weeks. I mean, uh... can I say it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I walk in this morning into the studio. By the way, before I start, because I want him to chime in on all the humor that's going to happen this morning, because he's <laughs> he knows you really well. Joining me today is Ghost. What would you like me to call it? Ghost Hunter? Ghost. Can you pull that mic a little closer to you? Chaser. Who, me? Yeah. Um, yeah. Ghost, ghost person um, from Ghost Chronicles, Ron Kolick, who last week I called Kalik because it was funny. And then you told me the whole story. But it was funny back in 1962. I know. Well, I wasn't. He was born unhappy in with the way we described his profession last week. You what? He had issues with the way we described. I his had profession issues a lot week. about that show last yeah. week. Okay. Well, before we get there, yeah. coming back to Lou. Oh yes. See Lou, how he deflected that. Uh, yeah, but I'm here. good at keeping it on track. Yeah. Lou, we'll for the past couple of weeks, apparently has been changing his hair color, but I didn't notice it until I walked in today, and the very first thing out of my mouth was. What happened to your hair? <laughs> well, it's stronger this week. It started this a little week, last week, and it's a little... It's yeah. very noticeable, like yep. as if you were 30 again. Okay. <laughs> Whoa, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> so it's no longer gray. I told Janet, I said, I used to look like an old man who looked good for his age. Now I look like a young guy who's broken down. <laughs> oh, jeez. You look like an old guy trying to look young. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I don't think it looks bad. It just was shocking this morning when I came in. Shock. I was like, oh, that is not Lou. Yeah. It's not the Lou that I know. I so know. I will get used to it. See, I have no problem with that Lou because I don't see really appearances. I just see people as people, not as they're very he kind. Also sees dead people. They're very kind <laughs> individual. No, it's not. It's just that uh, it, yeah. it's, it's who they are is, is more important than what they look like. Last week, the week before last on yeah. our show, you looked, you gave me a look where I thought you were going to say something about it. But oh, you I, didn't, so I must have misread that. No, I, I didn't yeah. see it. No. Okay. But anyway, so absolutely didn't notice it till what's her face here. What's uh, her face? He doesn't know my name uh, still. So the reason, the reason well, why this is called the face, the, the game face, face, the face, <laughs> the game face. No, it's called your daily game face. Okay. So, All right. so anyway, so good morning to everybody that's listening because we should have a whole bunch of listeners because a whole bunch of people have watched and listened to the that's show I was on with you. That's a shame. Then watched us last, watched me last week and said you were coming to my show after I did your show, Reciprocity. And yeah, that's a big word, huh? And <laughs> <laughs> and um, for people that have not seen Ron and myself talk together, this could be very entertaining because we're good banterers. We are. Oh, and... they're stuck in reciprocity. <laughs> reciprocity. Um, so um, Ron has a great show that I think is great, and I'm sure he'll do exactly what he just did. It's called Gro Ghost Chronicles. And I love, gross, it. I love gross, it. You always gross. did that. You I did that last it. week, too. Ghost Chronicles. Ghost Chronicles. Ghost Chronicles. It's some kind of freaking Chronicles. It's Ghost Chronicles. There you go. And morning you can watch edition. it on Monday mornings yep. at 11. 11, yep. On demand. On demand. Okay, yeah. so yeah. anyway, so I'm sure Luke, if anyone wants to watch it, which I know people did last week after I announced that you were coming, um, you can go find it on your favorite spots yeah. to watch because it's very easy to find. Um, and people really enjoyed it and had lots of questions over the week to me because that's what people do is about like, what do you do and want to know stories and all these things. But the excitement of this week is because it's Halloween. And what yeah, a wonderful yeah. time to talk about ghosting and apparitions and paranormal psychology and 
So if you listen yes, to my show last coffee. week, Ron, yes. yes, I talked all about. Just... It was, by the way, it was so it's hauntingly interesting. Yes, it yes, was. It was. It was. I, I was as enthralled. I, I wanted to yell at it like so many times, but so that means it was good. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, so yeah, you listened yeah. to the show. I listened to the show. Excellent. Yes. So, so and I heard a little ditty at the end. Yeah, you were going to do what to me? What were we doing to him? I don't uh, know. Psychoanalyzing oh, uh, my experiences, oh. I believe. It I was don't think the, that's what I said. Well, it was pretty close. Okay. So, Spirit of the Law. So, before we get Ron on a bigger role, one of the things that I wanted to bring up this week is because people ask, well, what is it? Why do people really search for? in a psychological perspective or from a psychological perspective, why do people search for ghost apparitions and things like that in terms of their own personal like, right. want or, or why do they find them? Cause you were saying like open to the experience and so on, but the psychological field believes essentially that we're for paranormal looking for understanding about our mortality essentially. And that giving us, I love the, I love the yeah. cringe look, but psychologist and paranormal psychologist look for why do people want to extend their lives, believing in the afterlife, believing in reincarnation, believing in all these things, because it gives you a sense of purpose. Now, purely on the psychological science level of that's what it's coming from. Now, what we talked about last week and what you and I've talked about is kind of opening yourself up to other experiences. And it's not necessarily about that, but I just want to give people that frame of reference that a lot of research and a lot of writing um, doesn't necessarily mean that that's what I believe, but that's out there, that people are searching for something bigger than themselves to believe in that's not necessarily faith-based, but that there's, we don't do a really great job of talking about death with people in, in our culture, and he may disagree, but my experience in the research in psych would say that we're just not good at talking about that because people get really stressed about it, and where do we go afterwards, and so on and so forth. So that's a very loose start of this but nonetheless ron you are a ghost what what describe your yeah describe, describe what you do what, what you is do. it that you do why do you do i it? am a student of the universe okay student of the universe. oh boy here we go no it is because not wrong yeah. no it isn't exactly i want to understand everything and that's exactly why i do this i, I don't do it for anything about mortality or death or any other that stuff it's well, it's so well, okay it's he you, you know the, I, I listened to that show last week and i screamed at it so many times because you guys drop these generalizations like they're facts all over the place like okay they apply to everybody they're generalizations well, if no, i no. hear lose one more with the cave and the beer and the cave Bear thing that absolutely drives me nuts it's but the basis of human existence that's not true it's of course a, it is. I can explain that to you. Okay. Okay. You're saying, okay, you're we have ESP or, or the psychic ability because we know uh, that there's a beer in a cave and we didn't go in the cave, oh. and that's why we're our descendants from them. But the oh, guys no, no, that no. went in the cave got eaten. That's not what I said. That's not what he said. You misrepresented my position. Oh, I've heard this so many times. Go on. That, speak, okay. well, speak it. We had descendants of the people who always thought there was a bear in the back of the cave. It's nothing about ESP. It's nothing about knowing. It's they just feared that there was a bear in the back okay. of the cave so because the other people just, got eaten. Let's just skip that part, okay? Yeah. So let's drop the ESP part, okay? Yeah. So we're the people who didn't go into the cave, right? I think we're the people that went in the cave because all our learning comes from, I mean, all our knowledge comes from learning. Right. Somebody stuck their hand in the fire and said, oh, gee, I'm hot. Whoa, whoa. Don't ever stick your hand in the fire. And they didn't do it. 
Maybe we're the guys that, oh, Lou and when it's in a cave, he got eaten. Oh, my God, there's a bear in here. Wow. So we have food for the winter. So they go into the cave. They kill the bear. They've got a nice home. They've got food for the winter. Meanwhile, the skinny cats are outside starving to death in the freezing cold. So that's so, so we're the people that went into the cave. So, so we're so, the drunk guys at the campsite who fell into the campfire. <laughs> so, so first of all, yeah. since I have to reel this in for a yeah. second, is so that we make sense of it. Yes, for you, and yes, for you, because when we did the show last week, like we do when I do my show, is we do keep it, and I do keep it very generalizable, so it can apply to many people that can exactly. right. So, yeah. so there's going to be generalizability because yeah. to but we quote that stuff like it's it's like absolute fact. I mean, well, we, we have not. absolutely no fact. We've not no DNA that we were the people in the cave, but that's we weren't the people. Well, in the that's cave. why they're hypotheticals and theories and speculations about yeah. why, because you don't know so, all those things. But you know, certainly, there's so those. Tooth fairy and Santa Claus. Well, and, well again, that well, was a misrepresentation of my position as well. I didn't say there were the people who didn't go into the cave. Right. I said there were the people who thought there was a bear in the cave, and those people, and, if they decided to go into the cave, oh wait a minute! Now we're adding this phrase. I never uh, heard anything about no. people going in the cave. So, so no, we, I never said so anything. So to give everyone that's now listening a frame of reference that we oh, we've, we've been talking. About, no, you're fine. We're talking about. I have to make sure everyone knows what we're talking about because not mm. everyone heard, right? Okay, sorry. But but. There's a genetic or or innate biological framework in psychology, which is what you were referencing last week, that we pass along to intergenerational or familial yes. passes potentially as a way to like have more intuitive or more empathic experiences. So we were sort of getting to a lot of different points last week about that. And of course, in an hour show, we don't have enough time to explore all those things. However, your point is absolutely just as valid as that point too, because they're all plausible, obvious things. God, but we don't have any. We don't have any. We don't have tangibles, just like the tooth fairy, and we don't have tangibles for S Santa Claus. But we believe in them because why? Do we believe in them because they just are there, or do we believe in them because they give us a sense of purpose you, and something they, to look forward they to? They fit a need, don't they? Well, they fit a need exactly. And just like the science that's done around like paranormal psychology, you know, that's why I differentiate that here's what the science says and my belief system wraps around some of that, but also because I've had some experiences, as you know, from, mm -hmm. from, so that changes, not everything I see in the science is always accurate for me, but I go with also, well, there's a scientific background of this. It's not necessarily always correct, but there is that hypothetical and so on. We have these experiences. You yes. know, I've had experiences. You've had experience. Yes. Even Lou had an experience once. We, uh, we have these experiences. So to us, they are real. But to someone else, they're not because there is no scientific basis for these right. experiences that you and I had. Right. So when I started doing this like 100 years ago, it's I wanted to either prove or disprove the existence of ghosts or paranormal, whatever you want to call it. And I soon realized that precisely that, that if some people, if a ghost came up to them, slapped them across the face, they would still rationalize it away. Mm -hmm. and, and and not do it. And other people that, you know, that's, you know, the light flickers and then all of a sudden it's their grandmother from outer space or someplace. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's so my purpose was to study all the different phenomena and share my experiences uh, with everyone. So they make up their own minds. That's ex all awesome. I do. So so given that you said that, what have you come to know? Not a hell of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it, it's well, it's really interesting because you, if if you listen to 
like my early shows. I've been doing radio for over 20 years. So if you listen to like the early shows, then you'll hear, hear different thoughts that I have. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to me now, you see I have different thoughts than or even ones that were not the same as before. It's because you evolved, you, evolved, right. you learn. I mean, we continue to learn. That's our whole purpose on earth is to learn and understand. And so that we pass this on to other people and make their lives be better. So all about the propagation of the species, all of us together, working together to make our whole existence, not just one person or two right. people or some famous person. You know, Blue talked about ancestry and how it was important to people. It's like, that's really not the past is important. It's the future that's important. It's what we're doing to, yeah, to make our species go on. And that, yeah, that works too. So that's that's my thoughts. So anyway. so okay. So that's great. And so there, therefore, the health that you do, yeah. the health and wellness of people by doing that, you know, activates people's brains to be more open to doing um, or experiencing something paranormal, and mm -hmm. it enriches a lot of people's lives. And some people are very afraid of it, and some people have no experience of it at all because they're closed off. So what have you? What so what would be your understanding of why people experience paranormal activity as opposed to other people who don't like well, Lou's had his experience. I know, but Lou had a couple. He's, he's, he's like, you know, he doesn't want to talk about it, but that's besides the point. No, I know his experience. He told me. No, not that. He's just like, he's, he calls himself a skeptic, but he's much more open than he thinks he is. I am. I just search for compelling. I, exactly. I just I want to like weed Rilo out in really in reality. Yeah. I want to weed out the sage burning, you know, but that's I saw just, a ghost last night. Yeah, I, I want the compelling sometimes. stories. You yeah. can't. And you know the compelling stories are nice and and, and it, you sit there and it's it's very intriguing and but you know it, it's still somebody's experience versus you know we, we have no solid proof on on anything. You know people show you pictures of this and sounds of this and there that but it, in reality it's no even mediums and, and i've said this a million times that and, and i work with mediums and i you know i've conducted or sat in the red light seances for over uh, eight years but even mediums can give us information but we don't know where that information is you move to the left thing we don't know where that <laughs> if you need help just let me know uh <laughs> We don't know where that information is coming from. They believe they're getting it from a dead person, but we have no positive proof that it's getting from the dead person. Maybe it's some type of cautious records or, or a greater consciousness or, or um, mental reading or mind reading or whatever, it, or even cold reading. Just so, so, so that begs the question. So this is what I get asked I a lot. That begs the it question. Begs the, it does beg that, your question yeah. is that, Oh, this is a hard one today. Um, give me a Bruin to come on the show I any told day, you. right? I couldn't give even get my skater. coffee this morning. I would have gotten you a coffee. Damn, I was like, Ugh. okay. It begs the question yes. about empath, right? So I've been doing often, this every week for like fifteen years. With people, <laughs> people often will say in my office that my level of empathy or intuition tends to be higher than yeah. other people that they've seen yeah. and whatever. So oftentimes the um, the medium or the psychic or whatever you want to call it, it also is related to that. So I don't consider myself a medium or an or a um, psychic, but yeah. I certainly have that empathic level. Like I can see. Oh, we those. all have some type of empathy. Yeah, that's a gray border in there because we all. And I know Ron's very good at it. I 
like to think I'm good at it. I know you're good at it, reading people. Yeah. And you can read a room. You can feel the essence of the yeah. room when you walk into a room. Right. That's not necessarily paranormal. Again, that's a genetic human trait. Some people are better at it than others. We, we have to read people to I survive. It's genetic or, or a learning trait. I mean, that's... Well, I... You learn, we have to sometimes have the, you learn from experience that, you know, we don't have to everything go back to genetic. Uh, you know, we we have experiences all our life. I'm certain years old and through my life, I've learned certain things. But from an infant, survival depends on reading your parents. They can't communicate with speech. They they read their right. parents and understand. No, parents. they don't. They just cry until they get what they want. Mm -hmm. Just like every woman, you know, it's the same. Okay. All right, Ron. Okay, yep, my show. Reel it in. No, yep, you did. It's going right off the chair in about two seconds. So, good thing the walls behind him. Um, the uh, the whole thing about genetics or or something innate, right, for babies, is that that the baby cries to get their need met. If the need doesn't get met, they they learn. Yeah. Right, how to compensate by sucking their thumb, or somebody gives them something self-soothing, like a pacifier, which kills me over and over again. If I mess my diaper, they'll come. Or, or something, <laughs> will, right? Something will happen to fulfill the need yeah, that the child, the child's not speaking, but the child is speaking through the through the cry, yeah. and and the parent, either intuitively or not, is addressing it, and then the child is also intuitively, you know, so they're they're pinging off each other. When there's a good good bond or good attachment, then it works, and the child comes out of that stage healthy, right? Mm -hmm. This is what we would say. And if it doesn't, well, then there's compensating strategies and self-soothing behavior. Yep. And it's actually the root of all addiction, actually, when the, the needs aren't met, which is a whole nother story. But mm -hmm. but we search for things to fill our need right from the zero to one-year-old mark. If we're not met in our need base, um, and, and this is like tried and true over time, we just see this over and over spill out, that if you don't basically have those basic needs, food, clothing, shelter, all those things right in the beginning that all the stuff that comes after after basically love. six years old yet yeah, love and nurturing and yeah. lack of deficit and all those things then you're you're going to struggle and be searching for something on a continuum in a different exactly. way than other feeding people. that need requires your ability to read the person that you're negotiating with you don't have when you're young you don't have language you we have do to, have language, so that so that's yeah. not true because developmental psychology would be and that we do have language, we just don't have speech. Okay, so yeah, we do enough. have language, we just communicate it in different ways. Is everything like body language too? Even no, uh, that's my point. Right. Other points. Yeah. So, yeah. so when babies babies are crying, the parents usually learn the cry. Yeah. If if parents aren't good at being present, which mm -hmm. there many people are not great parents, right? Yeah. Then they miss the cues. Then the child misses out. And there's, that's, a, there's a hungry cry. There's a scared cry. Right. There's instance, a I'm bored cry. Right. Why, why yeah. do babies smile? It's learned. Yeah. Exactly. Because they get the proper response. That, that's yeah. learned because yeah. they're modeling yeah. after. Exactly. Right. Which is why you see a lot of children so who have Asperger's. We learn. Some have you can see that early detection in in children as an aside because they don't know how to read because there's a piece that doesn't yeah. switch on to be able to do that. So that's one of the reasons why how we know some of the learning process. But there's all this on. gray area in between human capability and paranormal. There's normal and paranormal and mm -hmm. the ability to read a room can be a human ability. It's right. not a paranormal ability. Yeah. Right. But obviously sometimes when it's a like couple of cold names readings. Was, yeah. cold readings. When you do a cold reading, right. yeah. you know, a parapsychologists do it all the time. They'll right. they'll uh because they don't like reading. <laughs> they they uh 
you know, they say, oh, anybody can do this and they'll do a cold reading. Mm -hmm. But okay. I can sit down with a stranger and tell if they're distressed. Yeah. And I might be able to guess oh, yeah. why. We, I mean, we all, or... we all, you know, we, you talk about the generalization, but the, the classic generalization, people walk in a room where the fight is, they can, they yep. realize that something was going on. Mm -hmm. You have to feel the tension in the well, air. That, because that, okay, so that goes back to what I said last week about the amygdala. The amygdala automatically out oh, of, out of, words. out of innate, innate ability, we fire up to go into fight or flight. And so we assess sure. the room quickly. Some of us are really good at it and some of us are uh, that mm -hmm. we know that there's a problem or that we know that something's off or wrong or whatever. Speaking of which, really quick story. A lot of, okay. Go ahead. I'll tell my quick story in a second. The, I mean, the, that's why uh, children are vulnerable because they haven't learned all these traits yet. And that's how they can get into trouble uh, because they don't realize there are other things that can hurt them that they're not aware of. Other words, certain, for instance, if they're, they come from a loving nature, nurtured environment, they're more trusting and more of other people. And then that can come back to hurt them. They right? don't understand there might be a bear trusting. on the back of the Exa cave. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't hear what he said. They don't, they don't understand that there might be a bear in the back of the cave. That's why we wear headsets. You know, you can, I can't don't wear headsets. Yeah, we yeah. noticed that. Yeah. It messes your hair. That's that right. Okay, what was your point? That's right. Yeah, yes, a really cool story. I was waiting to hear okay. it. Okay, so it has to relate to that that sense. So I was hiking the other day up Wachusett Mountain. and you know, Wachusett. Yeah, thank you. And um, so I was hiking the other day and I had literally just gotten off the phone. Now I'm putting that in there because it's a weird crossover. I just got off the phone with a client like an hour before talking about the fact that Vanessa Marcotte, who is murdered here, right, in Princeton, Mass, near Wachusett, if you remember that, she mm -hmm. came back from Columbia University and she was murdered on her run and whatever. So I know that because she's in the running community and that's yeah. why I know about that. But same area, same mountain, whatever. So I'm very careful. And we were talking on the phone about how um, the person I was talking with, we were talking about bear spray and pepper spray and keeping things on you to, if you're out as anybody, not just female, but to protect yourself in case something happens. Sure. I tend not to hike alone anymore just because crazy things happen. The world we're in. It's a crazy world. Right. So, but I do hike, I'll hike occasionally and so nobody comes and stalks me, but I, I occasionally will, I'll go one direction. The people that I'm with or a person I'm with will go on a different route, but we're meeting at the same spot. So, and we're always in contact and we have like apps to ping each other. And all sure. that. So this is what we're doing. And so I'm, I'm going, doing my thing. And of course, you know, if you've ever been to watch it, there's an, it's an auto road. I'm on the auto road running and this person drives by, there's no parking on the main road. Now, I've done this a million times training for the Boston Marathon, so I'm on this road all the time. You do not park on this road. There's very specific spots. So if something like that obvious happens, it's off, right? So yeah. this guy drives by me. Thank God it was busy. Guy drives by me, pulls over, but I had a weird feeling as soon as he drove Ooh. by me. I, and I didn't see him. I just saw the truck, and it was like a line of traffic. Came up around the corner. He'd parked on the side of the road where there's no parking. You're not supposed to be there. It's illegal. It's posted, the whole thing. And he gets out of the car. He gets out of the truck no. and he, and I immediately have that hair stand up. But before I even turn the corner though, to the point of what we're talking about today is I had that weird, I had an intense visceral reaction before he even, I saw him around the corner that there was something up with that truck. And I came around the corner and he was parked and I thought, oh, and I had that sinking feeling. I thought this isn't good. And I'm by myself and I didn't mm -hmm. have anything on me. So like no spray, no whatever, um, got out of the truck, folded in his, his mirror. And I thought, mm, this is not good. Now the benefit was there are lots of cars, 
up and down, thank God. And he walks towards me. So I cross over. He walks towards me. He has his shades down. And I'm like, this is not good. I get such a bad feeling, right? Going up and up. So I turn around and I flip my camera around. Of course, now I'm actively, I'm yeah. actively showing him that I'm, I'm doing, I'm watching you yeah. because the intuitive feeling in him was so sickening that clearly, right. So long story short, he comes back towards me. He pretends he's going back to his car. Other people are coming down. He must've released from whatever he was going to do. He was up to no good. So I kept walking. I called the people I was with, called whatever. I picked up a rock. Now there's a line of traffic going and all of a sudden I get to the top. I tell the DCR worker that we got a weird guy coming. Don't know where he went. I think he's probably on the trail somewhere. And there are people in the line. Now, interesting women, right? Two women in the cars that were stopped reached over and listened, like we're listening to me tell the guy, and they're like, Did, is that guy in the truck? It's the guy in the truck, right? You picked up a rock as a guy. Like there's a sensation now, whether or not everyone reads, there's a, there's a communication happening that's unspoken. Mm -hmm. That's clear that I didn't have contact with these women that were driving with their families and they were reaching over to be like, are you okay? Because they saw the rock, they saw the truck parked. So I get to the top of the mountain. Lo and behold, the guy comes off the trail that he got on, walks around. I took video of him. I was like, cause I had that weird sense. So I met up with the people. We walked down. He was in front of us. Now he should have gotten to his truck and left. And there's only one way in and one way out of Wachusett. Mm -hmm. We walked past his truck and he was not in the truck. He'd gone somewhere else. So of course I'm videoing. Did you get the license? Oh yes. Good oh, girl. I, re oh, I reported. Oh, oh yes. This was, I'm just skipping parts of the story. Oh, this was very big. Right. Good, good. So as we're walking past, he he comes out of the woods from the opposite direction. I'm like, this is all bad. So I was with people, thank God, and we kept walking. But the 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 sensation, I knew something was up. And finally, the DCR people, the people that worked there, the the main supervisor, she backed her truck up and said they were blocking him in and had shut the because they'd run the plate. And she ah. said, he, and she said he's looking for an option and he's looking for an opportunity. So that sensation that I had. And it wouldn't leave me like, and as soon yeah. as she said that we're blocking him in and he was looking for an opportunity, he might, she didn't tell me anything, but clearly he was yeah. a known entity, but that immediate sense before, I know that was a long story, but immediate sense before he for actually sure. stopped and around the corner, I had it when I saw the truck. Now, what is that? Right. I was going to ask you, do you define that as paranormal or intuitive? So that, well, that's to my point is like, yeah. is that something that was sent to me because someone's watching over me divinely? Or is it something that I intuit? Because I'm very good at intuiting like danger like that. And I was not raised in danger, like, Will Robinson. right. <laughs> I was not raised in a household where like, Ooh, be afraid or right. it was, you know, so anything like that. But I was raised in a very heavily belief system of intuition and. But think of what activity. you think of what you're fed every day in terms of people and their issues that they're dealing with and how your antenna must be up for that. I mean, all of us well, are to we an extent, all, We all but, have yeah. that. You know, I mean, we have that because of the news that's on sure. there that we bombarded with this stuff. The internet, that bombards us with this horrible stuff. Let me give you a companion story. I would like not to be murdered. That's a good idea. <laughs> let, yes. Let me give you a, a companion story. The Gabby Petito, uh, Petito story. <laughs> Thank at, you for not calling her Potato because people yeah. keep calling her Potato. At the beginning of this, I had it all worked out. I knew, and I'm, this isn't bragging. This is just, I knew how this, I knew he murdered her. 
Yes. And I knew he came back and he was going to disappear and he was going to kill himself. That was. It's I don't just, think he's dead, but that's okay. You don't think he's dead? No. They got the body. No. They have, they have teeth. Yeah. But that's not, I didn't, that's not. So uh, he ripped his teeth out. That's not medium that's of seeing the future. That's reasoning it out. It's well, reasoning out experience. the way it's like going to go. You know, we talked about that. I yeah. had the same thought. He, there's, he absolutely murdered her. There's no way he yeah. didn't. Small caveat. I think his parents have participated in this 100 percent in yes. terms of like hiding him. And absolutely. I, think oh, absolutely. I don't think he's. Yeah. I don't think he's. They dead. facilitated. I think it's been escape. manufactured. Yeah. It's like it's human experience to know that what do people do in these circumstances, right? It's intuiting that yeah. human nature is. He's. How can you, as a parent, do that? Because people. Cause, okay, so people are very. Mama bear and papa bear a lot of times around this kind of stuff. Just what like to right and wrong. Um, yeah. Well, sometimes people lose that moral compass, the super ego, right? The thing that's your moral manager goes right out the window or is not really there, which is part of the reason why sometimes people become able to do these things. There's got to be some kind of interconnection there. Usually there's a familial pass of something learning of like what is good and what is bad or how to manage yeah. anger or being upset. And I mean, in that case, in Brian Laundrie's case, the reports have been that he's very possessive and he's very gaslighty and he's very codependent and he's very manipulative across the board way prior to all of a sudden this happening. That was the reports that were coming out. Now, I don't know firsthand, but certainly that fits the bill of someone that goes down the profile of doing what he's done and, I'm not and coming from parents like that. I'm not excusing them. And I don't know what I'd do in that situation, but they're also looking at a set of options where Gabby's dead. Right. They can't fix that. Right. All they can do is deal with their own child. Right. And, and try to mitigate the outcome as much as possible. And, and like I said, I'm not taking it off the hook. And I don't know what I honestly don't know what I would do with, with my child. Well, it's the same thing. Seriously? Kay, it's like Casey Anthony. There's, the, there's the, no, I mean. The psychology of Casey Anthony's case. Right? You know who Casey Anthony was, right? She killed her, her little girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. She mm -hmm. allegedly, well, she, she did. Right? Susan and, and Smith. Susan Smith, right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? So it's it's the, but Susan Smith didn't have, parents helping her on the back side, okay. right? Casey Anthony, I referenced that because of the laundry case, because the parents are somehow integrated into that a little bit yeah. in Casey Anthony's case. I don't know that for sure, but that's just speculation looking from outside in. Yeah. Might've been know? protect because of his pathology. There might've been a lot of protectiveness going on his entire right. life. And it's just a continuation of that. Right. Well, I, and that's why I think he's still hiding alive. Him from I think the he's just protected. I think it's okay. very convenient yeah. that you know, a bag all of a sudden is left and the parents had been there the day before and they happen to be the ones that found it and just happens and they to also have gave diary. a tip of where he was. Right. And it just happens to have what's the diary the motivation in of it. The authorities, I mean, just, what's the motivation of the authorities going along with it? The motivation is that they'll go along with it in the hopes that they actually will find him because yeah. they'll let the, the parents will oh. let the guard down and slip up. Oh, well, that's that's my theory. That's, that's Fair good, enough. Good as any. Yeah. Enough, right. Yep. Okay. So sidetracking, but. But that's we we are often balancing and with his show and all the stories we tell, it's balancing the line between intuitive and paranormal. Yeah, oftentimes that's Why are the we question. separating intuitive and paranormal, by the way. Well, because they're two different things. Are why? They? Why are they? Well, that's the question. Is are yeah. they? Not really. That's, no. No. Well, that's why I said empath, intuitive. Psychic yeah, medium. Yeah. It depends on, like, I guess. Depends on your terminology. Terminology or how you yeah. see it, right? And yeah. some people would say, like, I consider myself a very um, intense empath, which is why I read the room yeah. Yeah. really well. I mean, you asked me on the show too, huh? 
Why? Because you're empathic. You think you would know I, better. <laughs> well, I felt bad for you. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I, I knew how this is a little puppy eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so, but okay. So, so people want to know, like, what's a really intense? Inquiring minds want to know. Yes, inquiring minds want to know what's a really intense experience that you've either experienced yourself or had with someone that you've worked with that would be you know more tangible and provable because people like those stories i, I know they like stories but, but that's you know, what people like it's experiences once it goes right back to to everything and, and and you're talking about intense you know in all the years i've been doing this and it's quite a few years now and people always ask me, what was your scariest moment? Was your... I didn't ask that. No, but I'm just saying. So I, I don't have that. So as far as intense, I don't have anything that I consider intense. I've had great experiences, though. So what's a great experience? Which is to, to, the way I go at paranormal, and I'm going to get to it, but I have to explain how <laughs> why. The way I go into paranormal investigating is I do it like a surgeon does it. Now, if if a surgeon was operating on you, you wouldn't want one that was scared of blood, would you? No. No. Okay. So that's what I go in. I go in click clinically. Right. Okay. So that's I look at everything. I'm not gonna panic or anything else. The only time I've ever been scared on any of my investigations is when I went to and that was by a real person. We went to their house to investigate, and the guy had just been released from prison for burning his best friend who was supposedly haunting the freaking house. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and then he tried to get Marmee by herself and and get rid of me. And yeah, it was not that was prob that was, that was probably that was a not little a scary. Great, yeah, that's not a great experience. Yeah, right. That's not a great experience. The person but, okay. he's talking about, Maureen Wood, is a medium and she has medium. Trans, she has scared the living daylights out of me on a couple of cases. the living daylights out of a lot of people. Yeah. Never me though. Did I meet her? Is no, she the one that I did her. the show no. with two times? Oh. No, no, no. She's uh, she's she's a nice. I mean, uh, we were we've written two books together: Ghost Chronicles and More Ghost Chronicles, Shameless Plug, and actually three books, but those two account. And um, they're actual uh, recounts of our investigations together. Now she's a trans medium. I'm more of paranormal scientist, whatever you want. to tag me the man who can't be defined i like to think of myself but uh <laughs> he's just out there yeah i am out there mm -hmm. anyways um <laughs> so the uh yeah so in those cases you you hear exactly what it's like being with us in other words you're in our minds you're in everything you, mm -hmm. you and even the parts that she trans channeled which are basically that's when a spirit takes over her body and right. mind and, and those parts were, were ones i had a right but they're all extremely accurate because we went through all the video all the audio and everything to re recount them. so she has that phase to her and although that scares a lot of people because you know not all people are not nice <laughs> even in death right <laughs> you know there are some that actually don't like me believe it or not <laughs> just saying <laughs> I have nothing to say. He's looking at just me. Saying, just saying. Ron's like Ron likes to say his pictures on a post office on the other side. I, I've said that for twenty years. Yeah. If there's a post office on the other side, my picture's hanging on it. Uh -huh. Although we did have one ex one cool experience. Uh, we were up in Bitterfield Pool, and um, Maureen was uh, connecting with this the spirit of a little old lady that was watching over the woman who owned the lobster pound. That's what it was at the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, just regular place. 
And uh, and uh, all of a sudden, Maureen started smiling. I says, what are you smiling about? She says, the, the little old lady, because I had said something, the little old lady, she, she's there shaking her finger at you. And she said, I've heard about you before. <laughs> so I don't See? know. Maybe my picture is on the post. Yeah. So anyways, uh, okay. back to my experiences, which I was explaining what I was doing. Now, in all my years of investigating, I have never seen an apparition. Mm -hmm. However, I've seen three apparitions that I believe are apparitions, mm -hmm. you know, that I would say, wow, that, that I can't explain that. And those were all just doing normal stuff. Uh, one of them was a ghost tour. I was doing the Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse. Uh, I was in a room. Uh, basically, it's like a block tower with windows all the way around. Yeah. And there's one door to the place. And I had a tour that we were doing. Of course, we raised money for the lighthouse. And I was there and I started talking, addressing the tour. And I could see a woman on the outside and she started walking. And I started to go through window after window towards the door. So I stopped what I was saying because I don't want to repeat myself. And, you know, I want to wait for her to come in. So I stopped and I waited and I watched her walk all the way towards the door. And I waited and I waited and no one came through. So finally, we had a, a volunteer outside and we had a volunteer by the door. And I says, is anybody out there? And he says, no, there's no one out here. And yet I saw her clear as day enough that I would stop in mid-sentence and wait for her. And actually wait, wait for, her, for her, continue to see her go. Now, the interesting thing about that is that... Because none of the rest of that was interesting. No. <laughs> the interesting thing about that is that uh, the the place is, is uh, Fort Constitution. Constitution. Uh, yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. It's on a Coast Guard base, yes. which is constantly monitored. And the Coast Guard is reported seeing a woman on uh, the wall, seawall, the fort wall, and everything. So could this be the same woman? I can't tell you. Is it not? But, you know, there are reports of a woman. And we investigated. There was also a um, Jeremy Dontremont, who is a, a lighthouse historian, uh, does great researcher. He in, uh, investigated an explosion that happened at the church, at the church, at the lighthouse. fort. Oh, yeah. At the fort, because mm -hmm. there's a fort. There's a lighthouse. It's right next to the fort. And... Uh, he discovered an article about that explosion. There was certain, supposedly a certain number of people had died, but there was one report. There was a woman that was standing on the wall before the explosion and they never found her again. They found mm -hmm. a piece of her dress, but that was it. So to me, that's intriguing because I saw something. I mean, I definitely you, saw something, at least in my mind. Did okay. you know the stories before you had seen her? Of course I did. Okay. I'm so, not going to say, oh, I right. didn't know it. No, so was no, I pre pre well, because I'm, 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 no, I, I, I'm well, playing the scientific. No, I understand that. I absolutely say, like, know that. Are you having the, the no, moment I absolutely, I that. absolutely understand yeah. that, you know, and, but yes, and, you know, I could say, oh, no, I never heard about that. Right. Of course. No. Well, you're honest. But, um, so one thing I am is honest. Uh, <laughs> one thing. That's the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I knew that. But, once again, I was just doing a tour. I wasn't looking for ghosts. Right, I wasn't doing right. anything. I it was just happens. doing normal right. life. Right. Okay. The other interesting experience I had was uh, in another lighthouse, oddly enough. And uh, we raised some money for uh, another lighthouse, which was um, Wood Island Lighthouse. Now, Wood Island Lighthouse is on a small island. You have to be brought in by actually landing craft. You drop off, you walk across the island, and the lighthouse is on the other side. So we did some public ghost hunts for them. We, we 
came in. Uh, they brought us on a Friday. We got to do our own investigating mm -hmm. Friday. And then Saturday, the public came. We we did a public ghost hunt with them on Saturday night. And then mm -hmm. they picked us up the next morning. So Sunday morning, I'm in the light, light uh, keeper's house. And I'm sitting there with the director of uh, the lighthouse group. And we're on a picnic table, just having coffee Sunday morning. Yep. Sunday morning, just having coffee. Yep. And I look over and I see a dog go across the door in the kitchen. Mm. But there's no noise at all from it. You know how right, they, have, click. Yeah, they have no noise at all. So I get up and I, I went into the kitchen because there's not supposed to be any dogs there. And I mean, the door was closed. There was no dog there. So I came back and Sherry, who was with me, she says, Ron, what did you see? I said, you're not going to believe it. I saw a dog in the kitchen. And I saw him walk right across the door. She kind of smiled and she said, uh, can you uh, describe him? I said, sure, I, I'm, I can describe him because I saw him as clear as I'm looking at you. So I described the dog to her. And then she just kind of smiled and shook her head. And she says, well, you know, Ron, there used to be a lighthouse keeper there. They had a dog. And when it was time for the lighthouse keeper to be relieved from the island, the dog wouldn't go. So he stayed there. And all the lighthouse keepers after him took care of him until he died on the island. And she said that the dog that you described sounds very much like that dog. And I saw a picture after and it did. Now, can I tell you, oh, yeah, that was the dog that was on the island? Of course not. I no, mean, that, but, but that's that. Now, I knew nothing about that. So, right. yeah, so I never knew right. that story at all. Right. So you, you have that aspect there. But once again, not looking for ghosts, having coffee on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And I see it. And that's the thing about the real life with people who experience paranormal. It's not these people that go running around looking for right. it, okay? It's it people in everyday life, life that right. just have experiences, normal experiences. Mm -hmm. And and that's what irritates me in a lot of the uh, ghost hunting shows and everything else, is that these people will have experiences. And what the first thing they do is like, they'll throw them out of the house. Like, okay, right. these are the people that were being connecting with whatever right. was there, and also they're being removed from the equation. It's like, what? So, you know, it, and, and the other thing is, okay, we always, well, have, to do, we always have to do it in a dock. Why do I was going to say, well, usually in those shows, though, for the dramatic effect is is one to, you know, to draw in. It's not usually like a happy ghost or apparition. It's always like someone that's doing some right. kind of hunting that's nasty and terrible. And it, like, if not, you, not necessarily. In, well, the very, I've seen. <laughs> in the in the very beginnings, right? In the very, you look at Ghost Hunters, which yeah. is one of the yeah. longest running shows. Yeah. Ghost Hunters. Okay. When they, original show came on there, they used to... Um, go out and they came back and they would either tell you if a place was haunted or not. Right. Okay. And soon after that, everything was haunted. Okay. And then soon after that, that wasn't even scary enough. We had to have demons aboard. Well, this, well, so this we had demons. Right. Right. So, so they so just had to build and build. Well, that's, so factor. that was to my point. Cause now you have like the, you know, the ghost over whole yeah. thing that they're doing with all the different shows. And you see like, you know, they go to all these hotels, the yeah. famous murdering hotel. Like this is because people want to see that. They go, see oh that. my God. Right, they don't you imagine your surgeon doing that. Oh my God. Blood. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, so, but that's, but so, I mean, such an industry, I mean, you know, there's so many sides to this. It's such a, a marketable industry mm -hmm. to capitalize on people's fear and, worries and concerns over these things that they don't understand for you know to already solidify people that have afraid feelings about things and then you get people that are really bought into it and so it's it's very interesting because we're talking about just like obviously the the standard parts of it of like just understanding but then you've got this industry that's being built yeah, around it's, it's, it's totally different right i mean there's there's people that do actual paranormal research and there are people that 
just do this ghost hunting. So, so what's the difference between paranormal research and ghost hunting? Because they're trying to scientifically prove uh, the existence, not the existence, scientifically prove what people experience. Right. And how successful is that? Not too good. You know well, that. No, but I have to ask because, okay, well, I, I'm not the expert. I'm wanting you to be the expert. Yeah. I could tell you that, but well, I just wanted you to. But explain. this brings us to an interesting discussion that Ron and I have on the show occasionally. And Ron has made the point, and I agree with him the more I think about it, uh, the more I love the idea, yeah. is that this is unprovable at this point. Right. I mean, what would convince you that the spirit world exists and visits us in terms of ghosts? I mean, there's no video that would do it. There's no story that would do it. You don't believe anybody anymore. You don't. You can't believe video. What could possibly happen? You wouldn't believe the government if a ghost showed up talking with Joe Biden this afternoon in the East Room. You wouldn't believe them. You'd think they're making it up. It's unprovable at this well, point, it's, one well, it's way or the other. You say which all is those a things freedom because the credibility. You know, like you know, when you talk about like the UFO stuff and people seeing yeah. all these things, right? Now, now the credibility is being heightened because now they're bringing in retired Air Force pilots and people that have been like to bring credibility to what they've have seen. You seen because, the, uh, yeah, have you seen the release tape? Yeah, there's nothing there. There's nothing. <laughs> there's absolutely nothing there. So it's so, but that's they bring in people to add credibility to yeah. it, so they have verifiable bias. Yeah. Yeah, but they're bringing in people you can't trust. No, well, isn't the first question, you're a reasonably investigative person. Thanks. Right? You're I'm a re critical thinking person. For, for an intuitive. Well, empath. you engage in critical thinking. Yes, I do. When 60 Minutes came out with the show and this whole release, it wasn't your first question. My first question was, why is the government talking about this now? What's the need for the government? To we had this, this discussion. Yeah. You and I had this discussion. That's got to be the question that's got to be answered. All these years, they've been sitting on it. And all of a sudden, they decide one day, let's go on 60 Minutes and, and release it. Yeah. What was going on there? Well, I'm not a psychic medium, so I don't know. <laughs> no, but you again, you're an accomplished critical thinker. Oh, oh, he's complimenting. I love that. Thank mm -hmm. you. So do you believe in flat earth? Really? Hey, there's a lot of it's a growing believe it or not, a lot of people Why? with a lot of money okay. to believe in the Okay. Oh, that's so stressful. Yeah, but the, the flat earth isn't the most outrageous thing that people believe in. And I could get political here, but okay, we're not doing that. Yeah, I know, but but <laughs> we're not going down this. Flat Earth is a great example of it. There are people who legitimately believe the Earth is flat. I exactly, know. I know. Well, and there's then, also people that believe like that we have alien very... alien tales and yeah. And the queen, the queen is a lizard alien. Yes. Yes. In Earth, right? Ron and I did a show on the Middle Earth. Now, Middle Earth is interesting. That's that's uh, Attleboro is pretty reputable, yes. right? Mm -hmm. In fact, when I was yeah. in college, I studied ocean oceanography on, on the captain on one of his ships. From the captain on one of his ships. Ron's an environmentalist by trade. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I don't know if you knew that, but I didn't know that. Now I know that. Oh wow! So you know that I know that. Yes, you know. Yeah, okay, we're all in the know now. My <laughs> God. Yeah. So yeah, and and you know there's a there's a, a diary from Admiral Byrd that supposedly he flew into the center of the Earth in his plane. Mm. Now I mean we have I mean we meant you mentioned Admiral Byrd I mean that's a pretty reputable person. Mm -hmm. But then again, I always think about well how reputable is this diary? <laughs> well, and so but for, uh, I mean it was it's very clear and there are people that absolutely believe it. So yeah, sure. yeah. well, I mean, well, you spend a couple of months on a ship with rum that's going bad, and you come up with just about anything. 
Well, so coming from the psychology side and the science side of whatever that is, right? One could make the case, and I'm just doing it generalizing here, is Lack that one one could make the case that there's some that these that although a person can be credible, that you can always find someone credible because you're always going to find verifiable sources around anything, conspiracy theory or not. Or Everybody what, has their every, experts, right? Everyone has you're going to find what you're looking for. Right. <laughs> right. So confirmation so, bias. Exactly. Yeah. And and so therefore, sure, there's credit. That's what the whole thing is, is that's why when people come to me or like I was telling Lou last week and you listened about the kids, I, I have kids sometimes sent to me for seeing things hmm. or that they're, you know, I'm supposed to find out like differential diagnosis. Are they psychotic? Are, you know, are they bipolar? That's because, why they send them to you? Oh, yes. I get differential diagnosis. <laughs> they and, send them to you? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> right. For cons- Who sends them to you? Uh, schools, other do- psychiatrists. Really? Yeah. Well, I diagnose oh. and assess. Because well, I mean, the young do you kid says they saw somebody, they, they saw a buddy you. or something. What? They saw a. They say yeah, they like saw something. They like said, yeah. there'll be a circumstance. I mean, I could tell you a whole bunch of stories. I've yep. been doing this for forever, right? So, like, I get a kid more recently that was sent from a school system that the history was that the they had a death in the family, right? And there's some there's some cultural diversity around like the experience of how they process they as in the family because I'm trying not to identify. Right. They process. Um, grieving and whatever. It's very specific to the culture. But the school has bypassed that. The school is worried because the child is acting out, talking about seeing things, all these things that are coming out that all of a sudden weren't at the baseline of what they were seeing prior. Well, so they they said, you know, call me. Can you assess to see if there's like a pediatric bipolar? The child's 10. Pediatric bipolar, which is really rare, doesn't yeah. really have, I mean, so rare to even diagnose that at any age early. So, and then, or psychosis or delusions or hallucinations, or is there something off, right? I don't get history on the kid. I bring the kid in, sure, you know, because I have to make sure the kid's safe to be at school. Why is, you know, yeah. kids scaring people? Like, it's all this stuff. And after two meetings with the kid, I realized completely that the child is... In grieving. grieving process, He's the child scared. is doing exactly what's culturally appropriate to them. They have no, they're doing, they're just manifesting out their grieving process in actually a really healthy way that society doesn't seem, or society doesn't deem as normal. Yeah. And 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 therefore, this child was getting labeled as a problem child, psychotic, yeah. having psychological problems. Looking, they were possibly going to look for a placement. And the child just needed a little placement, a play, yeah, placement in inpatient because they thought, oh, yeah, so this is right. So, this is one of my big concerns about people's not understanding whether or not it's real or not, or whether, right? It's a matter of like, yeah, some people are absolutely psychotic. I have certainly had my handful of people who have been sent to me with these things and said, (laughs) and I've been like, yeah, we're psychotic. I mean, I have. I recently, I have a patient that was completely psychotic. Um, and there's, you can tell the difference. It's really, if, at least for me, being the empath and into it and trained really well. And trained psychologist. And trained psychologist for, in doing this for 27 years almost. I, I get it. And there's yeah. a difference. Started you, at 10? Yes. Wow. Yes. Man. I love him. But it's so, but there's, but this happens a lot. And you don't see it, the reason why you don't see it as much in adults in terms of that kind of thing for me is, um, Adults have learned to compensate for it. There's other strategies to hide it. Kids are, you know, they're out there with it. And if you, you know, they don't get it knocked out of them for a while, as we've talked about, you know, usually around six, seven, eight, usually if they're having paranormal experiences where they're really, 
reporting that they see things, feel things, intuit things, whatever. By the time they're nine, 10, it's gone. It's buried unless it's being worked on and someone yep. appreciates it in their lives and they're, they're fostering it. Um, you know, like my friend that I was telling you about last week. Um, and then you have, you have kids like this who at baseline had nothing, but then are actively at 10 years old activating something and it's there and it's totally normal. Mm -hmm. um, but people have a label to it because people are either afraid of it or scared of it or don't know how to, you know, well, like it. the school, we tend to discount cultural context. Uh huh. And there are a lot of people who deal with the paranormal. It's been part of their culture. It's been part right. of their upbringing. They've well, been in psychology, in for a we're, long we're time. trained extra, and I do extra work yeah. on diversity, diversity of cultural context, because you have to know. I was talking about the, Chup the Chupacabra last week and like the belief system around like Dominican and Haitian families around death and dying. And like there's a very different culture. Um, you know, from people in South Africa versus people oh, in, sure. I mean, all these different contexts. And if you're sitting in a room as a psychologist or psychiatrist or, or pediatric, or even like a primary care physician, and you're just looking at everyone with the same view, which a lot of people unfortunately do, even though you're trained not to do that, then you lose, you misdiagnose or you mislabel or yeah. you medicating something that doesn't need to be medicated, which is my big concern is medicating people in general, whether it's kid or adult for having an experience that actually might be normal or healthy to their Actually culture, healthy from, yeah, right? Yeah. Healthy to their functioning. Yeah. And, and that's not to say that certainly you don't do a full assessment, which is why they send them to me so that we do a full assessment to make sure that people aren't damaging the child. You know, but people who are raised religiously, right? Catholic might see angels, might hear, get a mm -hmm. message from God, might get something from that. And we deal with that completely differently from someone who comes up to us and says they saw a ghost. Right. But it's, it's culture. It's it's culture. It's just a different culture in right. different ways. And we tend to think we're all Americans. It's the same culture. But no, we're no. raised differently. Everybody has a, we have right. a, a completely right. different context. We've got to remember this country is made of immigrants. Yep. Right. So that's, yep. I mean, we have different cultures, which makes our country great if we just embraced it. But now we're trying to make it vanilla. And uh, so... Well, and again, so that goes, so in general context, psychologically, that goes to the same thing about paranormal. It's fear. There's a fear base underneath. There's like fear of something different. If it's not within that bell curve of the norm and it sits on those outlier deviant spots, deviant, there's a lot of this today for me, yeah. <laughs> um, those spots, it makes it because people are afraid and what people don't know, they, they, you know, have to knock, put down, bury, um, and disallow for it because it's not possible. And and I'm of the mind that everything is open to understanding until, you know, it's not functional, it's not helping you, it's getting in the way, it's hurting you, it's hurting someone else. And how do you then integrate it in your life? So if someone's having um, experiences of sixth, you know, sense and other dimensions, whatever, I mean, how is it impacting their life? And some people it does impact their life in a negative way, but most people I've ever encountered it doesn't have that. It's actually a really positive experience. I don't see a lot of people with it, but I certainly have a handful enough that I see it. You know what's interesting, going back to the paranormal, yeah. if you don't mind Absolutely. if I do that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. uh, <laughs> but, you know, the the outlook on the paranormal has changed over the year, and a lot of it over the years, and a lot of it has to do with the TV shows. Mm -hmm. And you, you mentioned about, like, that, how scary they are and everything else. When I first started doing this in... in Back then, there weren't too many of us doing this at that time. Uh, so you were kind of like a, 
you know, something interesting to look at. Fruitcake. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean. That's what people would say. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, I served on, I had a laugh because when you said that, because I served on the Harvard Pilgrim Appeals Board with a psychologist, a psychiatrist, the top enchilon of Harvard Pilgrim. Mm -hmm. And they all knew what I did. And they always, I had to come in early to the meetings to tell my latest adventures, but they also shared their experiences uh -huh. as well. So it wasn't looked out. It was something you didn't bring up. Right, taboo. You didn't bring it up. But if somebody was talking about it, you had your experience. You had it in on it. Right. So th that part was good. And all along the way, it's, I don't, how can I say this without looking stupid? You know, um, it's a new worry. I helped, I know, I, I really helped a lot of people coming to, um, what's the word, uh, understanding of their experiences. Mm -hmm you know, and, and even comforting in, in ways. And, and to me, that's, I mean, that's why I'm here is, is, you know, like I always said, we're all in here together. We're always here to, to learn and push the, the species forward and forth. And to me, that was the greatest part of the, the paranormal, but it has changed now, you know, because people are talking about demons and everything else that, that they have an experience, which may not be a bad experience. Right. But now culture is telling them, oh, that's a demon. That's awful. You got to get rid of that. You got to sage right. your house. You got to kill a goat or something. I don't know. Okay. Wow. But, right I'm, off the cliff there. Doing well, a lot of shows now with I mediums. Sacrifice a child. So it'll be good. Okay. <laughs> I've done a lot of shows with mediums and I'm doing current shows with witches and, and things like that. And what Ron is talking about, the way this has been sensationalized, yes. is it detracts from some of the things that mediums, Wiccan witches are the witches I deal with, are talking mindfulness. They're, well, ta we they're talking purpose. Week. They're talking intent. They're not talking spells and, you know, black cats and things like that but we our culture has taught us to uh push them aside because they're whack jobs they're just they're just talking about well they're just talking about good mental health we and good approaches big words like you you know yeah reciprocity yeah oh, i love that one but so, I, so, so we well, miss out in these in a lot of cases so so no but so you're you're right and that was last week what i was saying is that you know people have a fear of what they don't understand. And if you are raised in a certain way, right, you know, talk about deficiting your exposure base or experience base. If you're raised to, it doesn't mean you have to believe in something, but you should be exposed to it. So you have the triangulation effect, right? Know all points so that you can have like your better assessment, including kids. Kids get protected so much from stuff, which oh. is fine in some level, yeah, but you have right. in context, yeah. but you also have to let them know that there's these other things so that there's not, first of all, it breeds such judgment and stereotyping and prejudice and all kinds of things. And we could take that for a million different topics. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. And then, and then, but in this particular case and being that we're up here in Halloween time and it's Salem mass right down the street. They and may get rid of that by the way. What? Halloween. Who? Well, they're already getting rid of it from a lot of schools. Oh, I did see that. Yes. Which, what you know yeah. um i know because some people don't celebrate it because it's pagan it's got to be inclusive right right so but here we are and there's such a rich history and in, in understanding the whole salem witch trial and just taking on the yeah. history alone of understanding a lot of like feminism concepts even though that might get 
funny over here or there's other things well because you know you have your women comments but like understanding like <laughs> just because how... they run around naked around the campfire does not envision anything that i would want to think about listen women women rule you know it and oh, we all know that exactly um and they rule better apparently running around the campfire naked and so whatever works when you when you have history i mean most of these things just have such rich history but if you know, I remember learning a very small little bit in school about Salem, Massachusetts and the witch trial. I mean, it was the very, very basic minimum, mm -hmm. like, you know, Salem, Massachusetts, this is what happened and it's over. But then, you know, in my adulthood and moving to Massachusetts, I was, you know, wow, like what an amazing story of the background and history and why. And you go up to Salem and it's so <sighs> interesting because you get all these people who are drawn there yep. and if you've never been to Salem during this next week, wow, it's quite entertaining. It's a good people watching place. But it's think of the mindset here. Thirteen years I did Festival of the Dead, uh, spectral evidence at the Hawthorne Hotel mm -hmm. this week in Salem. So Th think I of the, know what it's like. Yeah. Think <laughs> of the mindset in the mass hysteria and digging right. up the ancestry. I came across a witch trial story in Newburyport. Yep. Where a guy, his son, his teenage son was acting up, and he thought it was his neighbor, and he accused him of wizardry. And they went through the whole court thing and they abdicated the guy. They they said, no, it wasn't him. So it must be the mother. So they charged the mother with being a witch. Mm -hmm. Right. And she was always the female. Yeah. And it's just like th this poor was, woman is just trying to raise her, raise her son and, you know, do whatever she does. Wash the clothes, slop the hogs. I don't know what she's doing. But all of a sudden, everyone turned to her and goes, had to be her. Right. She's a witch. And right. it's like, see, I mean, we we now embrace Salem and witches and everything else is, is part of our culture, which we learned about right. the witch trials. We learned about everything. Right. And what irritates me now, and this is, is we're all of a sudden uh, we're, we're trying to destroy our history by taking down Columbus's statues and Robert E. Lee. We, there's no discussion. If we get rid of these these things, that's why we have Salem. We have discussion of witches. We learn about the witch trials. We learn about it. If you have these other pieces, you have discussion. If you bury them, you're not going to have discussion because they never existed in your mind. It I, irritates I, me. I, I I hear you. <laughs> anyway, I hear you. So so you're um. So what would so if people are around here and they're listening, like and you just said you worked in Salem yeah. during the Halloween period and stuff, what would be something you would say, hey, if you've never experienced Salem and you've never experienced anything like this before, what would they go see this like this weekend up there? Like in your opinion, what would be a good thing to go look at and see and get oh geez, you gave me a cringe look like I don't know. No, this is amateur hour, right? Stay I, away from Salem. No, I wouldn't go well, back yeah, yeah, but people love doing it. So yeah, I'm not going there because I've been there, done that, because okay. exactly, I wouldn't. But people right. love that, and this is where they go. Get yeah, their, I mean, the parade is the, the big right. thing. You know, are they doing the parade yeah. this year? What? Are they doing it this year? I don't know. Oh. It's already been done. It's a free, it starts at the beginning of the month. Oh. Yeah, there's a good one in yeah. Portsmouth. I know that last year was a they watch. Have, they have the balls, you know, the the witches' balls and stuff that they. I mean, there's lots of things to do. There's tons of stuff to do there. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's all great stuff. And, uh, you know, I wanted to get back to oh, yes. how, uh, in the paranormal, how we look at things. Now, for instance, let's look at Ouija boards. What's your thoughts on Ouija boards? Well, I have, so I think that Ouija boards are, are fine. That's what I'll say. I was raised by a, one parent who thought it was a wonderful thing for me to have an experience. And she was, she obviously was very much about that. However, my father, who has all the experiences I told you about that are completely 
into yeah. this was completely against it because it was demonistic and it was bringing the devil into my life and I was going to die yeah. essentially. So, but, so I, but I don't feel that way, Yeah. but I had two opposite raisings and they both are together and I had them at the same time. The, and I had a Ouija board. The Ouija board was originally invented back when, um, uh, you know, there were crises in the world, like the mm -hmm. Spanish flu. Don't the, go too the, far back. We're short on time. <laughs> the Spanish flu, the Civil War, and, and so forth. And, and this was a way of uh, dealing with uh, death. Yes. Uh, they could go and they would sit down with the family in the living room and contact their aunt or right. sister or whatever, right. or their lost son or whatever. And it was it was more acceptable. And then, of course, when Hollywood got a hold of it, yes. they just mm -hmm. demonized the entire thing. Now, that's been changing a little bit. Uh, there are still places that paranormal uh, destinations that won't allow Ouija boards in and everything else. But whatever, that's their belief. But when I first started doing Spectre 11, it's uh, 13 years I did it. The first year, I remember asking how many people think, you know, it's about 100 people there. Right. Uh, how many people think the uh, Ouija board is evil? And probably I would say close to 80% yeah. of them had their hands up. Yep. Now, every year I did that and it went down and down and down to where the majority was now. It wasn't. It wasn't. Right. I don't so, believe it's evil. I saw one for sale yesterday in TJ Maxx, actually. Did you really? Yeah. That, I mean, and I'm being funny, but it's actually true. I mean, it's yeah. clearly it's a little bit less of an issue these days because it's right, right there I for used Christmas to, gifts. I used to always do it like the, the first one and I come. Then I said, how many people is you? And I go out, then I go behind the screen and come out with my little Bobby one in the pink case. <laughs> how do you think this is evil? <laughs> I actually have a collection of them. So. Of Barbie dolls? No. Oh. <laughs> just, just a minute. I want to wrap this up just a minute for both of you. Wrap I want to go up. back. I want to go back to your example about. Wait a minute. Wrap it up. About the kid. Yeah, it's time to wrap up. Are you wrapping up my show on me? I wow. kind of have to. Just trying to get rid of me. Wow. Well, I, I, okay. How did I lose control of my show this morning? <laughs> I mean, seriously, the two of you. Well, you ran it long. That's how you lost control. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. I want him to finish his story, though. What okay. story? Okay. Forget he it. He finished off. it. Okay. What were you going to ask me? I want to go back to your kid who was brought to you because yes. he was having this reaction to yes. a death yes. in the family. And just your thoughts on this. The paranormal in general, and this is not to discount its, um, discount its credibility. It's not a statement on its credibility, but the paranormal is us dealing with death. It's us dealing with the concept of death and trying to figure out what it is because we don't, it, no, it's, it's a great process. No, paranormal is much greater than, you, 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 once again, you're lumping that in with one particular aspect of it, which is death part of it, but it deals with a whole variety of things, including ESP, remote viewing. That's all paranormal. Right. That's all. So it, it's a much larger um, but all of those things require an explanation of post-death. No, not at all. Why does remote viewing have anything to do with post-death? So I think, but it I think to your requires point, a connection with something ES, outside of why our Why does own. ESP have a, 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 Because it requires a connection with something beyond us. Not necessarily. It, with, it, it can require it can a connection between, within. within. It, it and, between. and, right, between. between. But I think to your point, right, is that, so... It, if you look at there's articles out there for people, if you are interested for people that are listening, Scientific American Discovery Magazine, they've all done like these scientific studies and blah, blah, blah. They all go back to your point, though, that people are 
like keep it contained to people are in search of these things, these things being paranormal, right. in search of something beyond themselves they can believe in, in an explanation to help them feel better about death, dying, and grieving. Mm. So in the loss of someone, something, or whatever that they feel. Like I mean, religion some, is paranormal when you think about it. Right. Yeah. Except for some religions would say, no, it's not, which well, is a whole different chapter. Religion is definitely <laughs> paranormal. Well, yeah. I have to yeah. give all the aspects, you know? Mm. So, but, but I think that, that Ron's point is that yes, it's 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 not just about death and dying, but that would be the mainstream understanding of it from the scientific psycholog psychological point would be that it's about people looking for feeling better about not fearing death and dying um, in general. I think in most general. of your, sci your serious uh, scientific researchers or paranormal researchers are looking for for more of an understanding of different experiences. Right. You know, well, yes. That's like the psychomantium chamber and, and, uh, so from that perspective, yeah. yes. And then from the lay person who has the, the experience, lay person, the yes. lay person who has the experiences oftentimes looks for the experiences for the reason, like for understanding better about yeah. how to connect for their loved one, you know, and so on and so yeah. forth. Uh, but, I always said that the number one reported sighting of spirit or ghost are what I call messenger goes and that's someone who has just passed. Right. And they either come back to um, let you know that they're okay or check on you, yourself. It happened to my mom who didn't believe in any of excuse me, didn't believe in any of this. My dad died at a cookout and that night she <coughs> excuse me, okay? came back into the bedroom. Of course she screamed and he disappeared. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, well, there's lots of stories like that. We can have them off air. Are you okay? We better get off the air soon because he clearly needs water. Um, so, Ron, thank, Ron, thank you so much for coming. And for people that want to watch Ron, it's the Ghost Chronicles. Yep. And you can follow him. And you can also get his book, Ghost Chronicles, and more gross. Gross. I can't help it. <laughs> God, I tried so hard not to say it. Ghost Chronicles. Oh, I just can't. I'm stuck. Um, and then you can. <laughs> and I've been on his show now, what, twice? Three times, right? Really? Three times? Uh, I don't know, a couple mm -hmm. times. Um, but more recently, two Mondays ago, you can go back yep. and watch if yep. you guys want to know more. And, um, and it's available everywhere. Too. And it is available everywhere, just like my show, Your Daily Game Face, if you've missed any of it. We will be going to talking next week about upcoming holidays. Last year, you all got free passes because you didn't have to be with the family that you don't like and, and you get you stressed give by. Give me a plug. What? What? You got to, if you want to find out more about me, you can oh. join me on Facebook at Ronald Kolek, K O L E K, not Kolek. And uh, <laughs> you can also check out my website in the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. Carry on. Anyway, next week. I, I would have done that. You could have done that. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for coming. And it was a pleasure, and as always. You can come back and we can do more. Oh, God bless us. All right. All right, you guys have a great week and go out and live your best life. Thank you. Thank you.